0: Um, It's a privilege to be here. I just want to thank um, Pastor Ramden for inviting me back to be able to speak to you all today and I want to thank the NEC youth team as well for all the work that they've done and for, yes, (laughs) inviting me and allowing me to be able to speak to you all here today. Um, Just to, before we begin, I'd like to read a scripture to introduce the topic and To set the scene and it's taken from John chapter 19 verse 16 to 18, you can turn there in your Bibles with me, John chapter 19 and verse 16 to 18. And I'll read it in your hearing, it says. Then. He delivered him to them to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away and he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of a skull which is called in hebrew golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him one on either side and jesus in the center the title which i've already told you already it's entitled the chaos of the cross the chaos of the cross let's just pray to start Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak to your people. Lord, you have used me many times before, but Lord, today I need a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit to be able to speak to your people. I pray that in all that I do, even right now, that it will be a representation of you. And that as your people listen, they will only listen to me as much as I am listening to you and following you. Lord, please bless us today. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen the chaos of the cross the chaos of the cross i don't know how your family does things at christmas or big family gatherings or birthdays but if you was invited to what my family would be doing at one of these events you would see that a lot would be going on and the thing is if you're not used to being in such an environment to you it may just seem to be chaotic First, from the moment you step into the house straight away, your senses are attacked, stimulated by the smell of foods that you know contain more than just salt, pepper, a tomato base with a sprinkle of parsley, Lord have mercy. You see, while your mouth has already started to salivate, you're quickly visited by the presence of toddlers who are drawn to every opening of the front door. But before you can even give them a hug, you'll find that you'll be distracted by all the different genres of music from all the different sono speakers around the house. From the back room, you can just about distinguish the advertisement music of the television confirmed by the loud commentary from my grandmother. From the kitchen, you can hear the neat syncopation of the bass from the dense heavy reggae music while the food sizzles and the fire combusts. And from upstairs, even though you can be sure that there's nobody up there, You can just about hear the sweet sound of gospel music, just to remind all folk entering that you're now in a Christian household. And of course, you're in a Caribbean house, so having manners is a necessity. And just in case you're unsure what this means, I'll go and tell you to do your rounds of hellos so as you enter into the back room you'll see the expected sight of my grandmother doing her word search commenting on the television and yet still actively in conversations the aunties are in there they're having their loud conversations while one auntie is trying to address the room and the older men they're in the back playing dominoes having what may seem like to be to you and rather aggressive and an abusive game of dominoes but then you enter into the kitchen And in the kitchen, you'll see more food space than countertop space. But at least by now, hallelujah, you've confirmed that this is no salt and pepper household. In fact, if you look closely enough and you're all clued up, you'll see the extra mac and cheese that grandma made because in uncle's words, auntie has more faith than ability. Uh, But you then travel outside. And if you're uh, my age, this is where your people are at. The young kids are playing football while my cousins and that one auntie that's around your age greets you and makes you feel welcome while they're in conversation listening to the music watching the kids eating and yet still actively on their phones but wait can you hear that because if you're listening you'll uh, just about hear the shouting of your name from someone in the room the back room there calling you rude and out of order because you forgot to say hi to them earlier. So as you reluctantly make your way back into the house, somebody tells you just to stay there because they are just about to bring out the desserts. You see, if you didn't notice it before, you now realise that there's nowhere for you to sit. There's just about enough space for you to stand. And as you find that place in that little corner where you're a little closer to my cousin who's well, they're not really my cousin they're just always at these gatherings but you'll find that you're now more intimately confronted by all the different conversations taking place in one section over there you can just about hear a monologue on menopause over there a soliloquy on sex over there a homily on heavenly things over there uh, someone's giving a lecture on granddad livingstone's legacy and your aunt is still trying to adjust the room and by now, my grandmother's moved to cussing out the man on the television. You see, to many of you who have never experienced anything like this before, this representation to you may just seem a little chaotic. And I haven't even yet got onto the foods on my plate and church that's as a vegan. You see, the truth is it's not a neatly arranged gathering. And yet, while I call it one of the things that helped to define me as a young Christian black person, to you, it may just seem like chaos. Nevertheless, church, believe me, while it may seem chaotic to you, each scene has its purpose. In fact, this portrayal, it reminded me of a painting that I saw whilst visiting a gallery in Venice earlier this year. In fact, I went to visit the, the gallery with some friends We was just on holiday there and whilst we was in the gallery, I stumbled up upon a picture and as I was looking at the picture, I had to stand there for at least 10 minutes, just watching all the different things going on. It was a picture of the cross, but it, it wasn't as neatly arranged as you see in most depictions it was not empty it was not unexciting. it was not motionless rather it was active with many with many different things taking place all at one time in fact church it was the most real picture of the scene of the cross that i had ever seen before which forced me to compare it with what my bible says so hint hint now open your bibles i looked at matthew 27 mark chapter 15 and luke chapter 23 and john chapter 19 and indeed my bible also showed me the chaos of the cross church today try to just imagine the scene with me try to imagine the scene of the cross you're walking up to the place of a skull and in the far but not so far distant you can see a mixed multitude full of people from all different walks of life. The Roman soldiers are there, they're guiding Jesus and trying to control the crowd. Jesus's male and female followers are there. Pilots there, the chief priests, their elders, the scribes from the synagogue, they're all there. And while people are loudly crying, shouting, protesting for justice, who don't want Jesus to die. No, Jesus, not in this way. Others are still shouting, maybe with spit coming out of their mouths, crucify him, crucify him. You see the narratives got around that he must have been guilty to get himself in this predicament anyway. And yet there are still those who have somehow managed to remain passive, inactive and silent while discrimination, injustice and overt immorality is taking place those who have just come along to see the spectacle but as i imagine it if you just look a little closer over there church you you might just be able to see the demoniac who is no longer crying out and cutting himself with stones but now who's free from the shackles and chains of systematic marginalization and prejudice of his society with a tear rolling down his cheek is weeping jesus oh my jesus
1: but you then taste that lingering flavor in the air. It's a taste that up until now,
0: you've you've not been familiar with. Uh, the palate's sweet, but it's leaving a, a tangy aftertaste. No church, it's not the wine that you saved from Jesus's first miracle of turning water into wine, but it's that, ominous taste of death and while your taste buds are still reveling you've sniffed twice and you've inhaled the sharp distinct eggy smell of sulfur and lime from the torches of the soldiers because of the darkness that's now engulfed the landscape and as you're traveling behind the crowd you can just about hear the slow jerking of Pilate's chariots to your right, and uh, but you're confronted in front of you by the arrogant jeers and mocking of Jesus from those who are sarcastically saying, Hail, the King of the Jews. You see, as they hit him and as they spit on him and as they treat him as, as though he's less than a human, you feel some type of way. But as I imagine it, if you just listen a little closer over there, you might be able just to about hear the Samaritan woman in the distance who's still telling folk, this is the man. Who told me everything I had ever done. And by now you're in the midst of the crowd. And you can feel all the many bodies around you, some pushing forward towards Jesus, maybe thinking that if they could just touch the hem of his dirty garment, covering his bruised and battered skin for the last time before his pending death, maybe they too could be healed. And listen, all of this has just taken place. And Simon of Cyrene has just finished taking Jesus's cross to Golgotha with the two thieves just behind him. And now, while the crowd remains as lively as ever, the ring of the hammer hitting Jesus's nails, stabbing Jesus's hands and feet, pierces through the atmosphere, leaving a sting for all to hear. But church, look up now, just look up, because Jesus is now crucified on the cross that was actually prepared for Barabbas with a thief to his right and another to his left. But it's weird, because as I'm looking up at Jesus, it's almost ironic because he does not seem to be out of place this is the man who came into the world not to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved this is the man who spent so much time in the presence of sinners meeting them in their comfortable places and yet even while he's dying he's managing to meet people sinners where they are at And I just want to let somebody know here today that it does not matter how far you may have gone away from God. It does not matter how far away from Jesus you might feel today. It does not matter if you're in prison serving a life sentence for a crime you did commit in hospital or at home or in palliative care with a terminal illness and have lived a whole life of sin. Listen. Jesus came into this world he displaced himself and listen if you just give him the chance today even in the chaos he is going to meet you where you're at spend time with you there just in order to save your life
1: It does not matter about what your
0: past life has looked like, church, even what you may be planning to do right now. It does not matter about your skin color, your creed, whatever. Jesus has already said that all that the father gives me will come to me and and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. You see, if you're wanting to make the decision to come to Christ today, the fact that you are wanting to make that decision means that the Father has already sent you to Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is not going to turn you away. It does not matter what you have done. It does not matter even how the church looks at you. Jesus is never going to turn you away. But he still tells you, come to me. And yet, as you come to this, uh, the reality of this new understanding, you hear Jesus say, looking back at the cross with deep pity in his voice, that's now suffering from mild asphyxiation, Father. Forgive them for they know not what they do.
1: Huh? Jesus asks
0: God to forgive them. All right. Fair enough. Yes, Pilate, I get it, because he did not have the strength to go against the public opinion of the crowd and stand up for Jesus despite the chaos. Yes, the chief priests, elders and scribes, because it's no secret now they've been trying to kill Jesus for the last three years. But. Wait a minute. Could Jesus mean me too? Could Jesus even mean you too? Uh, But the thing is. I've been a follower of Jesus. In fact, like Simeon and Anna in the temple, I belong to a family that's prophecy literate. In fact, we've been looking at all the signs of the times and we've even waited for Jesus's advent. But I can't stop thinking about when Jesus told a different chaotic crowd, you without sin cast the first stone. And I'm not able to remove myself from this painting because I too have sinned. And now, in fact, this statement rings, it rings even louder in my ears because it's as if Jesus is not only asking God to forgive me of my past sins. Jesus is asking God to forgive me of the sins that I am yet to commit. In fact, now I see a new actuality. Yes, it's true that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. It's also true that before I even knew I had sinned, Christ already asked for my forgiveness. For you two listening, it's amazing because before you even came to Christ, while some of you are still today debating with the Holy Spirit whether to come to Christ or not, Jesus is interceding with the Father on your behalf. Take comfort in the fact that he is also able to save to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Listen, some of you feel like you've sinned to the uttermost. You feel like you've gone too far. But listen, even if you have sinned to the uttermost, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost take comfort in the fact that Jesus today is praying for you he's interceding with the father on your behalf so and now as you hear the people around you the the soldiers the the jewish leaders all mocking jesus just like many had done throughout his ministry this paradigm shift in thought it's caused you to look differently at them because while they are being used by the devil now to bring about injustice hatred and oppression you now appreciate that just like jesus has prayed for you he is praying for them too and not only that jesus is able he is willing to and he is trying to change their hearts and mine. Uh, but as you've just looked up at the cross and you've seen Jesus give his beloved disciple to his mother and they leave the scene. You look up and you note the inscription upon the cross. For those of you who can't read the Hebrew, Greek or Aramaic I'll translate it for you. It, it says Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews and whilst you're looking you're starting to see a dialogue take place between Jesus and one of the thieves on the cross Shh. listen imagine Jesus the one of the thieves is cussing out Jesus he's got the audacity to mock Jesus with the crowd but look the other one's defending Jesus He says something about them being punished justly, but Jesus is guilty of no crime and with remorseful hope in his voice, he asks Jesus to remember him. It's almost symbolic of the fact that since Adam and Eve had sinned, there have always been two types of people on this earth those who in spite of their sinfulness entanglements and misunderstandings look to Jesus while there are those on the other side who in their sinfulness stay comfortable in the chaos and follow the crowd as the soldiers though uh, they're gambling for Jesus's clothing casting lots Jesus in response to the thief offers him the chance to be in paradise with him And let's just note here today that Jesus is offering somebody today the chance to be in paradise with him. Jesus is offering someone salvation today. Take security in the fact that although the wages of sin was death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, while some of you may be paying for your sins right now, while some of you may be experiencing the the consequences of your sins, God wants to offer you salvation. God wants you to offer you the chance to be with him for eternity. But you need to accept it.
1: But while Jesus has just offered this criminal
0: salvation, the chief priest is arguing with Pilate about the inscription on the cross. He's saying, Don't call him the king of the Jews. Say, He said, He was the king of the Jews, and it's almost as if Pilate incredulously replies, beloved, please, I said what I said. You see, today, while some choose to accept the titles given to Jesus, others still argue with our designations. You see, out of our experiences, we call him saviour, liberator, miracle worker. I hear somebody call him healer. You see, while historically and logically, our peers and colleagues, they can't deny his existence in an attempt to demythologize and anthropomorphize the gospel, they will tell you he was no king. He, that they'll tell you that he was nothing but a simple man. And its it almost seems to be the case because after almost six hours of hanging on the cross, Jesus has just gotten thirsty. Church, it's a, it's a strange sight to behold. This is the man who was offering out living water advertising its ability to never make one thirst again, but now his thirsty. Is it his humanity? Maybe a sign that our sins have distracted uh, or dis- distanced him from God, or maybe Jesus just needed the energy to conjure up uh, the greatest statement in earth's recent history, Eloi, Eloi, lama, sabachthani." my god my god why have you forsaken after which he says it is finished you see this statement these statements it did not signify an ending no it was a prologue it was a beginning an introduction a preface a forward to the or a prelude to the victory over sin and the eventual annihilation of evil you see in that moment jesus set us all free from the bondage of sin and death and church while it may be true that if the son has set us free we are free indeed today many of us are choosing to revert back to the slavery of sin yes today sin seems to have taken a more systematic covert systematic institutionalized form within our societies it's A shame, though, because some of us are going back to work on the plantations of covert worldliness, hidden pride, undercover selfishness, clandestine discontentment, disobedience, and the plantation of secretive wickedness to provide a counterfeit master with resources that he's exploiting from you to get rich while stealing from your motherland. All right, I know somebody didn't get that. You belong to God. And although Jesus has freed you from the the grasp that Satan had over your life, some of us knowingly or unknowingly have gone back to work for the devil, using our God-given gifts, talents, and abilities to make Satan prosperous. Forgetting that you were bought with a price, therefore you ought to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Forgetting that Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on that tree so that you might die to sins and live for righteousness. Forgetting all of what Jesus has done for you, forgetting all that your ancestors have done for you, you've gone back to work for the devil. Uh,
1: But now as Jesus' bronze body
0: remains there lynched upon the cross he hangs there lifeless however it's almost as if you could see you can see the, the 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 look the lingering look of triumph and accomplishment on his faith as if this is what he had lived his whole life for uh, and as Jesus's crown of thorns they roll towards your feet your reminded of the chaos going on around you and the chaos that you're in but there seems to be something different about this chaotic experience and now as Jesus is confirmed dead at the scene and the crowd beat their chests and as the chaos starts to dissipate you can just about hear the powerful but regretful claim of the centurion saying truly true this was the son or this is the son of God I would like to continue with the narrative but I'm just looking at the time and last time I got some complaints that I preached for too long so and there's still a few more points that I want to make at the end so let's just go back to the scripture reading for a moment Because in closing, there's something that we all need to see about the chaos of the cross. The scripture reading, which was taken from John. John chapter 19, verse 16, and it says, Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha where they crucified him with two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the centre. Jesus in the centre. Listen, in the midst of the chaos at Galgotha, Jesus was at the centre, if not literally, then at least metaphorically, because he is the reason they all came out that day. And listen, even <laughs> in the midst of the chaos of our own life,
1: When we look at the cross,
0: in the midst of the chaos, each part with Jesus had its purpose. Therefore, in the midst of the chaos of our own lives, we need to have Jesus at the center. Listen, you may not always see what's going on. You may not even understand all the things going on, but in the chaos of our own lives, when we have Jesus, each part also has its purpose that's why matthew lets us know that jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what profit is it a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what will a man gain Oh, what would a man give, sorry, in exchange for his soul? Listen, church, in this life, as we carry our cross, even with Jesus in it, at times, life gets very chaotic. After maybe getting some peace due to COVID, uh, some of you didn't even actually get any peace. You've had chaos right the way through. But some of us who are now experiencing a new level of chaos, A lot's always tending to be going on. For some of us, BLM was more than just a hashtag and you're still fighting for equality whilst working a full-time job. For some of us, you've got two baby mothers or two baby fathers and a child on the way. For some of you, you're working so busy, you're revising new guidelines for COVID-19. Maybe uh, you've been working overtime to provide for your family in these uncertain times, or maybe you're just busy at home homeschooling because you don't want to send your kids back to school before September whatever you're doing despite all the different things going on in the midst of your chaos while you're carrying your cross I am telling you today to take some time out to consider Jesus take some time out to follow Jesus take some time out to have Jesus at the center And for those who are feeling burdened by all the different things going on in your life right now, today I want to encourage you to keep carrying your cross because with Jesus, even in the chaos church, there is meaning to every step of the journey. With Jesus, even when there's so many things going on in your life, every step has a purpose with Jesus. Because listen, the alternative, you merely joining in the chaos of the crowd, in other words, you'll be mocking Jesus and gaining everything but salvation, and with regards to eternity, that would be meaningless. Yes, church, I mean everything but salvation will be meaningless that includes the whole facade of equality, that includes the riches that may come from your job, that includes the freedom that more money might bring, that includes the clout that comes with more social media followers, that includes the brilliance of uh, many university degrees, that includes the experience of being able to travel this world, that includes the blessings of having a new house, uh, having a marriage and children. All of those things are meaningless if you don't have Jesus
1: with you at the center.
0: But don't get me wrong today, church, wanting all of these things are not bad. And this is the beauty about the chaos of the cross. Because in the midst of the chaos, uh, of the midst of the chaos of your cross, Jesus is still wanting to. Number one, meet you there. Jesus wants to meet you whilst you're fighting for equality and black rights. Jesus wants to meet you whilst you're enjoying the riches and the money and the freedom that it brings. Jesus wants to meet you whilst you're enjoying the clout that's coming from social media followers. Jesus wants to meet you whilst you're enjoying the brilliance from many degrees. Jesus wants to meet you as you're experiencing the beauty of his world. Jesus wants to meet you whilst you're enjoying the blessings of having a new house, marriage, and children. Jesus wants to meet you in the chaos. Jesus wants to have, uh, he wants you to have him at the center of your chaos. But for someone here today who uh, you've been going through so many different things and you've not had time for Jesus. If that's if that's been you. Today, Jesus wants to forgive you. In fact, Jesus wants to say, I've already asked for your forgiveness. He wants to say, not only that does he want to want to forgive you, he wants to offer you salvation. Not only that, though, he wants to preordain that sin will no longer have reign over your life that's why although you may be someone here today and throughout the past you've been too busy for jesus maybe today as you've taken some time out of the business of or the chaos of your cross uh, to listen to this message i want to encourage you to do as one of the thieves on the cross did. number one acknowledge and i'm closing now but number one acknowledge where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So acknowledge where you are in your life. You may not have a relationship with Jesus right now. But acknowledge it. Acknowledge where you are. Acknowledge what the chaos looks like. Acknowledge all the different things that's taking your time and taking your attention away from Jesus. But don't stay there in your mess don't stay there in your chaos number 2 acknowledge who Jesus is acknowledge that he is the savior who came into the world acknowledge that he was sinless and yet he died for sin for you acknowledge who Jesus is today church and then lastly church today ask Jesus to remember you I ask Jesus to remember that he Ask God to forgive you. Ask Jesus to remember that he died for you. Ask Jesus to remember most of all to take you home to be with him when he comes back to take us to be in heaven for a thousand years. Remember, Lord, me whilst I'm going through all the chaotic things in my life. Lord, although my chaos may not be as bad as someone else's chaos, Lord, I want you to remember me today. Lord, you know what I'm struggling with? In fact, I'm not struggling with a literal chaos. Lord, maybe the chaos is in my mind. So many things going on in my mind. And Lord, I need you to be at the center of my chaos. You want to say, Lord, I need you today to remember me.
1: Because the thing is, don't wait until
0: the chaos goes away to get your life in order with God. You need to turn to God right in the midst of the chaos, just like the thief on the cross did. Right in the midst of the chaos, turn and give your life to God. And if this is someone's prayer here today, you want to say, Lord, remember me in my chaos. You want to say, Lord, I need you to think about me right now in my chaos because I need you. I need salvation. I need you. I want to accept the free offer of salvation that you're offering me today. If that's you, just, I don't know, raise a hand, say something, write something in the comments, but just let Jesus know today that, Lord, I want you to remember me, not just for today, but for eternity. Remember me, remember all that you've done for me and all that you're doing for me right now. Lord, just remember me, despite the chaos, if that's you. I just want to say a a prayer for you today. I want to say a prayer for you for all those people who just want to say, Lord, despite the chaos, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Let's pray, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, there's so many people here today, maybe listening to this online ministry who are going through different so many different chaotic periods in their life in fact sometimes lord it seems as if we're too busy for you but today lord there's so many people maybe that have wanted to say lord remember me lord despite the chaos that i'm going through right now i want to uh, you to remember me in my chaos Because, Lord, the amazing thing is that when we pray that prayer, remember me in the chaos. In fact, it helps us to remember you. Lord, there's so many of us who need to remember you. Remember all the things that you've done for us. Remember that despite how far we may have gone away from you, you are still offering us salvation today. Lord, we thank you for the chaos of the cross. Because even in the chaos, you've showed us uh, that we can still bring our chaos and come to you. Mm. Lord we thank you and we praise you and for everyone who has said today Lord remember me Lord I pray for them Uh, when we carry our cross Lord even with you it doesn't always get easier sometimes it's still chaotic
1: but Lord with you it's always better
0: and if we have you at the center of our chaos Lord somehow we get through this life a little easier. So Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you will do for every individual here today who wants to accept that offer of salvation that you even offered that criminal on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the chaos of the cross once again. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen
1: and amen.